You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 155. Well, 2020 is coming to a close tonight, so it's time for the annual episode where Zach Romano and I count down our 10 favorite records of 2020. What a bizarre year it was for music. But even with live shows on hold, bands and artists from all over the globe still managed to put out some incredible music. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode as we dive into each of our top 10 of 2020. And let's keep our fingers crossed that live music returns in 2021. We'll dive into the countdown right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look at My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look at My Records website where you can find reviews, premieres of new music, playlists, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. Yeah, happy New Year's Eve, Tom. Weird year, for sure. Yeah, not a great year for shows, I'll say that. Yeah, very few. Very few What would you say... What would you say the best show you went to this year was? Oh, fuck. <sighs> I don't even know. I can't even remember what shows I went to. Can you? I'd say the best show I went to is probably the one we were both at, at that weird venue in Bushwick. Oh, yeah. Where half the people, it was like the, the first weekend of March and half of the people there ended up getting COVID. Remember that? Yeah. Pet rescue. Yeah. Pet rescue. Nice. Yeah, it was COVID fun. rescue. Yeah. Get COVID yep. at a small DIY space in Brooklyn. Yeah, we did. Or I did. I think you avoided it. Yeah, I didn't. But despite the lack of live music, people put out good music anyway, which is good. Yeah. A lot of good music this year. A lot of time to listen to it, too. Yes. A lot of time to reflect while listening to new music, which I did and you did as well. Yeah, listen to a lot of new music this year, partially because I was writing some reviews for Look at My Records this year. Yeah, what a great year for Look at My Records started a written portion of the website. What a great year for Look at My Records. It has been a really good year for Look at My Records. Horrible year for everything else. Good year for Look at My Records. There's an entire written portion now. It's cool. Yeah. And you're a big contributor. You're a big part of that, Zach. I wrote wrote a big chunk of that. And there's big chunk. Yeah, there's going to be more. It's going to continue to evolve and change in 2021. Who knows what'll be next? Maybe someday we can do show reviews. That seems like something that should happen when yeah the time is appropriate. Yeah. So so Tom, out of out of all those albums you listened to this year, what would you say is not your favorite? or your second favorite, or even your third favorite, but your 10th favorite. My 10th favorite record is What Happens After by Leveda. They are a young, shoegaze, dream pop, post-rock duo 
from the capital region of New York State. And we interviewed them. Yeah, we did. Together. And you wrote a review of this record. It was a great review and it was a great interview. It was actually probably, it was one of my favorites of the year. If if I had to do a top 10 favorite episodes, I think this would be vying for the top spot. Yeah, that was a really fun interview. It's a really great album. I think we asked them great questions too. And we really got them to flesh out this record and really intimate detail. So I was really proud of that interview. The the best questions, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, we both really liked this record. I re- what I really liked about it was they're definitely super talented songwriters and really, really good at arranging. I felt like this was way more than just your standard shoegaze record. I really liked what they did on it. I felt like why so many people liked this record in that realm of music is because they were doing things a little differently in just the right areas to make people that listen to it think, hey, this is fucking really interesting and different, but still kind of fits within the genres that we like type of thing. Yeah, yeah, they they check all the the genre boxes, but... They're also, they're just really great songs. Um, there are some cool little sounds that tickle the eardrums on that record. And yeah, they did a great job with that. They're one of the bands I'm most looking forward to seeing once we can see shows again. So one of the great live shows I saw during the pandemic at the Jersey City Cemetery featured them. So I, I have seen them live, so I was pretty pumped about that. How was that? They was great. They were awesome in the cemetery setting. Sick. I loved the overarching theme on this record, too, about, you know, the impending apocalypse and the downward spiral that the natural world is going through. So I thought that was cool as well. Another reason to really like the record was that kind of connecting string between all of the songs. Felt very, very timely. Very timely. So the song that I want to play from this record for my number 10 favorite record of the year is Better Now. And what was your 10th favorite record, Zach? Uh, My 10th favorite record is from a Brooklyn band called Nation of Language. They're kind of a 80s throwback band. They do the synth new wave thing very, very well. Again, another band that ticks off their respective genre boxes, but also just writes really great songs. Yeah, and that's like the important thing because I think similar to Leveda, they check off all the genre boxes, like you said, but they're doing something that's a little bit different, a nice modern twist and their own interpretation on the genre that makes it sound fresh and interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really good stuff. We, we've been following them for a while. Remember when we saw them in Mike Tarnovsky's backyard and Halloween, I think it was, maybe 2016 <laughs> or 2017. And remember the neighbor threw a full thing of orange juice over the fence? Yeah, yeah. We Someone 
didn't have it for the <laughs> screwdriver they wanted to make. Well, I think that was or, or the, the mimosa, maybe. <laughs> I think that was because she was like, I'm calling the police. And then we said, okay, when the cops come, you, you know, we'll end the show. And she didn't like that response. So then she just started throwing the contents of her refrigerator over the fence. I think, I think there was a rock, too. Yeah. I think there was a big rock that actually could have hurt somebody. Yeah, that woman if- was a piece of shit. I hope she's she's uh, not happy right now. She, she probably didn't have a great year, statistically speaking. Yeah, statistically uh, speaking. Can, can find some, some comfort in that. Well, the, the song I chose to play from this album is called The Wall and I. It's the album closer, and it's a really album closer, epic feeling song that almost feels weird to lead a show with but i think it's the best song on the album so doing it anyway all right everyone we're gonna play the wall and i by nation of language off of introduction presence that's zach's number 10 album of 2020 and then we're gonna hear better now by leveda off of what happens after that's my number 10 album of the year
coming in for number nine, everyone. Hey, Zach, why don't you go first this time? Tell me, because there's there's a bit of overlap here. Yeah, so this is this is a band I'm I'm sure you've all heard something about if you're listening to this show because we just talked about them. My number nine is Leveda, same band Tim picked for his number ten. I am playing a different track though, so you don't have to listen to the same track twice. This one is called Dream Sleep, and it's really good. Tom, what what is your number nine? album of the year are you sure you don't want to play the same Levada song again i was thinking you have that option i was thinking about it if i said yes would you do it yeah but don't do it <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> but you have the power well i think don't exercise that power though no i'm gonna show a little bit of restraint here cool my number nine is by a Montreal songwriter called Alex Nicole. His album, his debut album, All For Nada. And this gentleman reached out to me via Instagram about doing an interview on Look At My Records. And I listened to his record. I looked at it, too, because <laughs> I looked at the Bandcamp page. And... I was really blown away by how good this record that he put out was. He's a really sharp songwriter. Uh, He really puts together dense sounding folk songs, which I always really like. It's just not straightaway folk. And his narratives are really, really vivid and come to life through the lyrics as well. And there's a lot going on. He's awesome. He's also supposed to be playing Jersey City in May at White Eagle Hall. Ooh, that's Open- right on the border. We'll see. Yeah, I hope so. Opening up for the House of Love, and we're going to hear the song Trust from the album. And he made really, really cool videos for the singles on this record. And this one was particularly cool because it involves trust and a laundry metaphor. And there's this really, really well done video that he shot with other creatives in the Montreal uh, art scene. And it's basically him throughout Montreal and then also like laundry on, you know, a string or whatever they call it all across different parts of Montreal. So it's cool. If you love Montreal, you'll love the video. And if you love laundry, you'll love the video. (laughs) And if you love good songwriting you'll love the video tom you all right, you have what, a, an affinity for canadian bands don't you you have there's always a canadian band or two on your end of the year list yeah i have, I have an affinity for canadians just canada in general it's a wonderful beautiful country yeah, home that we of miss my my favorite sport hockey so a lot of my favorite musicians too nice So we're going to hear our number nine album selections, Dream Sleep by Leveda off of their album, What Happens After. That's Zach's ninth favorite record of the year. And Trust by Alex Nicole off of All For Nada, my number nine record of 2020.
Can't believe we're already at number eight of 2020. Yeah. Zach, kick it off again. Okay. You go first, okay? You go first. All right, if that's what we're doing. So my number eight was the new Fleet Foxes album called Shore. I thought this was a nice a nice break of an album from a lot of the like pandemic-y stuff, like talking to bands. A lot of the times we'd ask, like, well, how, how did the pandemic influence this? And, like, what's, like, the depressing strain through this? Didn't really have a depressing strain through it, and I thought that was kind of a breath of fresh air. Also, really great arrangements. If there's a unifying theme, it's about kind of getting a little bit older. I think he's maybe slightly older than we are, but found that kind of relatable. The arrangements are great. Songs are great. Loved it. Listened to it a lot. Yeah. I like this record a lot, too. I'll never forget when Fleet Foxes first burst onto the scene when we were in college. And I was really enamored with their music. It's another example of they were just able to really take an already established medium of or genre of folk music and just do something different that really like connected with a lot of people yeah yeah i think this is probably their best album since that first one also 
the the singer and the guy who wrote the songs, Robin Pecknold, has a really great social media presence. Where right after this album came out, uh, he had like an open questions about like what he used for certain sounds on the album or what an instrument cool. he used for this or that. And I, I really enjoyed that. And it um, kind of increased my level of affection for this album. Thank you, Robin Peck Nold. And thank you for letting me know that it's Nold because I always thought it was Hold. You know, Man. just not looking close. Just not looking at his name closely. Yeah, you enough. thought that I'm N was an, an H. N is an H. Yeah, what the fuck? Maybe that was some like what the fuck? some kerning issue, some sort of font issue. Like you saw his name for the first time in a weird font or something. It's bullshit. You know, whatever. Who those those font people? Fuck you. Those font fucking makers. fonties. Yeah, Ariel. I mean, Times New Roman. Don't don't say shit about Garamond though. Garamond is a prince. I like Garamond. Garamond's a prince. Uh, so the song I'm picking from this is Yara or Jara. Not really sure how nice. he'd say it, but it's with a J, A. Yeah, let's say Jara. R A. Let's just say Jara. You say what you want. I'll say what I want. How about that? Okay. <laughs> what's what's your eighth favorite album this year? My number eight. Uh, self-titled debut from a great San Francisco-based band. I think they're based in L.A. now, actually. Ooh. So they started in San Francisco and ventured south called Harry the Nightgown. I interviewed this band earlier this year. Their, our conversation appears in episode 136 of Look at My Records. Uh, this record is super good. lot going on. I was originally drawn to them because they cited XTC as a big influence in their bio. Oh, that's the the fastest way to Tom's heart. Yes. So I was really interested in hearing this whole record before it came out. And you can definitely hear the way they approach songwriting as kind of this maximalist pop where they're using the studio to create different you know little sounds in the song that if you listen closely enough you can hear it so it kind of adds to the texture of the music um sick a lot of like experimenting with tape because they recorded it at john vanderslice's tiny telephone studios in san francisco a uh, lot of old moogs and old synthesizers and stuff and of course, since it's on tape, it really has this warm sound to it. Uh, another cool thing about this record, and I touched on it in my interview with them, was uh, Spencer and Sammy, who are the two members of the band, were dating for a long time, and then they broke up. And so the record kind of delves into the post-breakup of their relationship. Ooh, yeah, that's quite a dynamic. It's always interesting to me because a lot of musicians are able to do it. More and more and more you notice it, how they have a romantic relationship and a creative relationship at the same time. And then the romantic relationship ends and they're able to continue to be in a creative relationship. So it is, it is cool and you could kind of hear them, you know, deal with the aftermath of their breakup in the record. Um, it's really, really good. And also combines a lot of different genres too and we're gonna hear ping pong 
Ping pong. From that record. Let's listen to him. Number eight. We're going to hear Jara by Fleet Foxes off of Shore. That's Zach's number eight record of the year. And Ping Pong by Harry the Nightgown off of their self-titled record. That's me, Tom's number eight record of the year. Good morning, since 
right. We're back at you. We're back. Hey, Zach, I thought this was cool because this next one, number seven, we kind of had artists from all over for each pick. Now, taking it back to Brooklyn for the seventh spot, both of them. Yeah. Tell us who you got. So this is a record that came out really recently came out after I thought my well I listened to it after I thought my top 10 was finalized but then I listened to it once and then like six more times in a row and really loved it uh it's Hypo Luxo Brooklyn's own self-titled um they booted Andy Schauf out of the 10 spot so sorry Andy but you didn't didn't make the cut this year Minnesota's Andy Schauf I love that record too, Andy Shop. It's hard to pick ten, you know. Yeah, I, it's hard. I really did like that record. I like the the whole like story behind it. But but this isn't about that Andy Shaft record. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't quite good enough. Damn Andy. it! Should have tried. Damn it! Should have tried slightly harder. <laughs> yeah, should have spent that extra couple hours in the studio. Yeah. Jesus, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the Hypo Luxo record is 27 minutes of really tight, really catchy post-punk. This is their, their third record, and I think it's their best. I just wrote it up for Look at My Records, so check it out. Check it out, people. Look at myrecords.com. Yeah, this is a really strong follow-up to their sophomore album, Running on a Fence, which I loved. I'm really enamored with good singing voices and unique singing voices. And Sam Kogan, the front man of Hypoluxo, he has a really like interesting deep croon to him that I really like. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting what he did with it. I, I wrote a little about this in the in the piece where on the first couple of albums he was operating in a low register and in this one he's like kinda up there like yelping and yeah. stuff. It's it, it's it, it really works and it works especially well with the um, stylistic turn they've taken in their music too. Hell yeah. Hi, Beluxa, We love you. This song that I'm going to pick is called Shock. It's what I think is the best song on the album, but all 10 tracks are great. Oh, cool. I like Nightlife. I think that's my favorite. <laughs> well, well, how about that? You want to fight about how it? How about that? You're not picking the songs. If, if you wanted to talk about what, what song was your favorite on this record, you should have picked the record in your top 10. Yeah. So yeah, I want to... Well, Nightlife is my favorite. Mm. Oh my god! <laughs> What's <laughs> so, my, my number seven is Drew Citron. I'm a big, big fan of hers. She was the front person of the band Beverly. Zach, we actually saw them like eight years ago at Brooklyn Bazaar. Yeah, I remember that. It was one of their very first shows. And in the interview, we talked about that show, and she said always played the show as well before they even put out their first record. And I remember that, but I don't remember always, but I remember they played. Was Fear of Men at that, that show too, sense. or was that a different show? I think that was a different show, yeah. They had some good shows there, back when they had shows Yeah, there. I miss that, yeah. Brooklyn Bazaar. I also miss being 26, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> but um, she put out her debut solo record this year. It's called Free Now, and it's... Definitely a lot different than the kind of grunge pop that she played in Beverly. This is more folk-oriented. It's poppy as well. And the songs are much more introspective, dealing with the aftermath of a 
intense breakup mm-hmm. that she had with her former partner. And she wrote it on the coast of Northern California. So it has those real relaxed, serene vibes to it. And we're going to hear the song Dead on Arrival. Ooh, okay. Here we go. Shock by Hypoluxo off of their self-titled third album. That's Zach's number seven. And Dead on Arrival by Drew Citron off of Free Now. That's my number seven. Number sevens. We got them. Well, it's a shock.
right. Number six, 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 six. Apocalypse. Number six. Tell me, Zach, what you got? My number six was a solo album from front woman of a band that's one of my favorite bands working right now. It's um, Adrian Lenker of Big Thief um, put out a couple of solo records this year. One of them is very sparse acoustic songs and the other one's more instrumental. I picked the one with the songs on it. It's called appropriately songs. Um, Yeah, this is just a very intimate record. It's just her and an acoustic guitar in a cabin in the Catskills, I think. Um, it, it's just a, a very um, arresting record where you feel like you're in the room with her and the, the lyrics just, and, and her, well, anything she does is amazing, but um, the, the lyrics and her voice just like kind of make you stop in your tracks. When I was, when I was listening to, I, I put this on when I was doing dishes and I found that I had just been standing there holding a sponge with the water running, <laughs> looking at the wall <laughs> while listening to this. See, I, I, I actually have not listened to this record yet. Oh, so I'm curious as to one, just a comment that I have is that if it really is just very sparse, her and a guitar you have to be like a really good songwriter to pull that off that's super super hard to do so the fact that she does it so well is a testament to what a great songwriter she is and i i feel like jessica pratt does that really well too oh i love jessica that's pratt. her style that's her style just really delicate acoustic guitar and you know, trembling voice to really hit you in your feels. I listened to a lot of Jessica Pratt this year. Spotify told me that she was my number two listened artist of the year. I feel like if you're listening to this record based on your description of it, she probably would be up second or third in the algorithm, <laughs> you know, right? Fair. Makes sense. But yeah, this, right? this, this track is called um, Anything. It's about like small moments that you share with someone or that you wish you could share if you're not currently sharing moments with anyone. It's a really sweet track. Might bring a tear to your eye. Yeah, everyone. I'll send Kleenexes if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Tom, what do you got? So another great band from... Uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles, I think Los Angeles now, Worth It Purchase, their debut record, Dizzy Age, had the pleasure of speaking with them in episode 144 of Look At My Records. Really talented young duo. They previously performed together as in a band called Garcon Garcon, and the record really has yola tango vibes to Ooh. it like if yola tango and the radio department had like a big oh why haven't i listened to this something. yet i love both of those bands yeah and they're really really good again recorded the record to tape so it has that really warm sound and we're gonna hear the song prospect heights because it's the second single from the record and it's also 
named after the neighborhood in Brooklyn. So, hey, felt like that's a good one to play. Prospect Heights, home to a ton of infill. I biked through there for the first time in months, maybe a week and a half ago, and there's so much shit there now. Like, there's this giant apartment building. Like, who's moving into these places? Anyone? Yeah. I don't know. So much we'll infill. We'll never know. We will never, ever know. Yeah, it's probably We're true. We're never going to know. It's probably true. All right. Number six is we've got Adrian Lanker, her song, Anything, off of her record, Song, Set Sax, number six. And then we have Worth It Purchase, Prospect Heights, off of their record dizzy age that's my number six 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 six
was on the other side of the walls in your friend's New York basement. I can hear them running through our room. There's an energy that's keeping me from Final five. Final ten, really. We both, uh, we, yeah. we both have five. This happens every yeah, we to, year we, we do we this. We have to do this every year. <laughs> and it's, everyone, it's not a shtick. I just, it just happens naturally. I say final five and then Zach says final ten. It's, so it's, it'll probably happen again next year naturally. It's kind of a shtick. Yeah, but it's not a deliberate shtick. Yeah, it's just, they, they gotta know. They have, we have ten more albums to go through. Not five. Gotta know. God, God damn it. Tell me, God damn it, what is your fifth favorite album of the year? Uh, my fifth favorite album of the year is the new Destroyer album called Have We Met? It's really good stuff. Continuing um, multi-decade trend of really solid work from Dan Behar. This one, it sounds that the, the palette is a lot like my favorite Destroyer record, which for some reason I can't think of the name of it. It's the one that came out in like 2010 with all of the kind of melancholy, nostalgic tracks on it. Why can't I think of what it's called? But anyway, this one this one has the same kind of nostalgic feel, but where that one was more wistful, this one's a bit more cynical and icy. And 
I, I really enjoyed it. This was one, this came out pretty early. I think this might have been out pre-pandemic, um, and I've been listening to it pretty regularly since. Uh, the track that I picked is called "It Just Doesn't Happen." It's a good one. What's uh, what's your number five, Tom? My number five is an album called "Interloper" by Holy Wave. Great experimental dream pop psych band from Oz. Uh, El Paso, Texas, actually. Now they live in Austin. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. You know, sometimes you need a really good, summery-sounding psych record so that you can close your eyes while you listen to it and imagine you're not living through a hellish pandemic and it's... 30 degrees out in New York City, you know? <laughs> and you listen to this song, you could just picture, you know, the Texas Austin heat, maybe eating a taco. Or some barbecue. Fun. Yeah, some barbecue. But th- we're going to hear the song R&B. This record was released on the Austin level, uh, label Levitation this year, and it's fucking sick, sick album. Nice. That's all, That's all I got to say about that. So here we go. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> it just doesn't happen by Destroyer off of Destroyer's 2020 album Have We Met? That's Zach's number five. And R and B by Holy Wave off of Interloper. That's my number five. <laughs> doesn't happen to anyone you know this doesn't just happen to anyone Look to the sun 
You know it doesn't just happen to anyone You know this just doesn't happen to anyone
Number four. All right. We both have fourth favorite albums this year. Let's just skip four. All right. Number three. Ah, uh, damn. You called my bluff. <laughs> I was bluffing. There's no way we could ever skip number four. All right. All right. Damn. I'll do it. I'll do it. You knew it. You knew. You read my poker face. Damn. Fuck. I need to get a better poker face. Yeah, dude. Or um, not bluff about things that you're not willing to go with, you know? But that's what a bluff is. Shit. Yeah. Guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, your number four is, I'm telling everybody, I'm not even going to let you say it. It's Fontaine's DC. How do you know that? I know. You told Who's me telling beforehand. You, this shit? you, you did. Maybe you were intoxicated, but you told me everything. You told me your whole list. I could blurt out your number one right please, now if I wanted please, to. Please don't do that, dude. Please. Please don't do that. I would never do that. That's another bluff. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, Tom, you're, you're right. My fourth favorite album this year was A Hero's Death by Fontaine's DC. Dublin band. Kind of like post-punky dudes. This is their second album in two years. Their, their last one was good but it didn't really stand out among the crowd of bands that sound kind of like it like shame and idols that they're always lumped with but I, I thought this one was a bit more complex a bit less like dudes part just dudes partying having a good time um yeah they, they they go to some interesting places on this one and and tackle some stuff and in addition to just Sounding great. Going with the title track, which do do you remember? Do you remember Art Brute from like 2004? Yes. I thought I think this is this sounds a lot like Art Brute. Well, I can't wait to hear this. I've actually heard this song many times. This is a great record. Yeah, it's a fucking good record. So good, good selection. So I feel like these these two songs, our two choices back to back, are going to be an interesting combination. So what do you got? Because mine's. Super twee indie pop <laughs> by the band N Attendant Anna. Their album Juliet. They are from Paris, France. It's just like a fucking gorgeous record. I probably shouldn't have said fucking because it takes away from the gorgeousness of the record and describing it. Sometimes you gotta drop an F bomb, man. Sometimes you have to show how enthusiastic you are about something. By using that word. Yeah, but I immediately fell in love with this record. They are obviously influenced by Stereolab, a band that works in that Parisian influence. And they have Camera Obscura vibes as well. Oh, and nice. All, Both great bands. Always, always vibes as well, who I absolutely love, love. And plenty of jangly guitars, which I also really, really love. So this album and this band has all the ingredients of what I love. So obviously, this is an awesome record. This record is something that you would like if it has all of the elements of things that you love in it. It makes sense. Yeah. We're going to hear somewhere and somehow. All right. So... We're going to hear A Hero's Death by Fontaine's DC. That's the title track off of their 2020 album. That's Zach's number four. 
favorite record. And we're going to hear Somewhere and Somehow by an attendant Anna off of Juliet. That's my fourth favorite record.
Man, those are those are great songs. Yeah, those were amazing songs. They weren't just great. They were incredible. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. So my top three are all from artists that appeared on my top 10 of the decade. So I guess I'm, nice. guess I'm quite predictable. Or these bands are just really good. They're really good. They are really good. So give it to me. So this is the new album from Phoebe Bridgers. It's called Punisher. Um, just more great stuff from her. The, the instrumentation is always, always great. Um, her lyrics that Captain are kind of like slice of life, but something greater is said by saying it. If that makes any sense. This track is called Chinese Satellite. Yeah, just a very solid album from a great young artist. And and um, Tom's third favorite album is called Anywhere But Here by Habibi. So yeah, that That's gets you true. back to that bullshit you pulled on me last time, you jerk. Yeah, I deserved that. Before I get into my my record, I want to say, and I've never told this to anyone, but. There was an episode of Hey Arnold cartoon from the 90s where the character Phoebe is obsessed with this singer and it turns out he lip syncs, so she's distraught. And he always accidentally pronounces her name Bobby (laughs) by mistake. And because of that, I still sometimes when I see the name Phoebe, I say Bobby. I mean, there is there is an O in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I still pronounce. It's only because of that fucking episode of that show. So, hey Arnold, that sometimes I pronounce the name Phoebe as Phoebe. Damn. Well, crazy. Now, if you ever do that, I'll know why. Yeah. Well, now the whole world will know why. Wow, you're you're really we're we're really getting raw and like really exposing some shit here. Some deep shit. Hey, Arnold shit. So my pick was Anywhere But Here by Habibi. This record came out earlier this year. I saw this great Brooklyn band open for real estate at White Eagle Hall a couple of years ago. And that's when I first really got into them because they have that garage psych sound. But it's really cool because the, the front person, she's also... Iranian, so she incorporates a lot of this unique Middle Eastern psych into their sound. She also sings in Farsi uh, certain songs. Some songs are Farsi and English, so it's really cool the way she's able to tie in different aspects of her identity and cultural background. It's really cool, yeah. Oh, nice. I'll I'll admit I haven't listened to this one yet, but it's a good record. I I wrote a review for Post Trash back in February on it. Remember February, dude? Yeah. It's a really ah, long time ago. What a month that was. So, and the song we're going to hear is Angel Eyes. And it was written after they watched a spaghetti western called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. It was written after the star of that movie lee van cleef if the song's a love note to him it's a great movie (laughs) all right we're playing them we are playing sax number three chinese satellite by 
Phobie Bridgers. Ha 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 ha. Off of Punisher and Angel Eyes by Habibi. Off of Anywhere But Here, my number three.
Whoa. We're back. We're in our top two albums top of the two, year. Top two, top two, one, two, one, two. Oh, my two, God. Two, one, two, one. Take it away, Zach. Who is number two? So I wasn't being totally truthful when I said that all these artists were on my top 10 of the decade because this is a slightly different project uh, from the Symbol Z guitars dude, Joseph D'Agostino. Uh, this project is more of a solo endeavor called Empty Country, but it still sounds a lot like Symbols Eat Guitars. It's kind of funny when uh, musicians go on to do solo projects and they end up like sounding pretty much like, I mean, there are some differences, but and, and they end up sounding pretty much like their old band. So you kind of wonder like, what were those other dudes or dudettes doing there? Were they just like doing what they're told the whole time? And how does that make them feel? You know, as a drummer, I can relate to this. Uh, this record, this record is great. So it's originally supposed to be released on tiny engines. And then that label kind of, I don't know, they weren't paying royalties and stuff. So then they stopped and then he put that's, it out on an another label. He put it out on another. I don't. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I don't know. It either. was released ultimately on a different label. But yeah, um, there are some elements of this record that don't feel too simple. Z guitarsy, like there's like some slide guitar and some countryish stuff. But like the the songwriting's still great, still kind of sprawling. The the lyrics and the pictures they paint are just fantastic. This song that I'm going to play from this record is called Marion. It's the lead track, and it's probably my favorite track of 2020. It's not my favorite album of 2020. It was slightly edged out by another band that you will soon find out. To be named. But yeah, this is probably my favorite track that was released this year. It, it's um, it, it sounds a lot like the, the best Symbols Eat Guitars tracks, and they were one of, if not my favorite band of the 2010s. So I'm happy that he's still chugging along, making great music, and... Yeah, looking forward to seeing what else he comes out with. Joey D'Agostino. Uh, Tim, remember that time when we were at their last show that they didn't tell anyone was their last show? Yeah, it was a great show. It really was. Got super drunk. Maybe too drunk. I think we might have crossed the, the too drunk boundary on yeah. that one. But it's fun to do that once in a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fun to do that once in a while. Yeah, and so this was released on Get Better Records. And I think because of the mix-up with the or the issues with the label, the vinyls just went out. Because I got mine recently. Oh, nice. And I'm pretty sure I ordered it a while ago. So I think there was a delay. And of course, with COVID, pressing plants are all backed up and stuff like that. So if you're waiting for a record out there, no matter who the artist is, just be patient. Reach out to them. They'll reply, probably. Don't be a jerk when you do it. Yes. All right. My number two is by Winter. What's their deal? She is a really dynamic, shoegazy artist. I originally got into her because she did a collaborative album with Glenn of Triptides. Oh, cool. It was called Winter and Triptides. It came out a couple of years ago. Look at my record's favorite, Triptides. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge Triptides fan. So 
obviously I was really into that record because the trip tides are attached to it. And she sang on so many of the tracks and she has this such a beautiful, beautiful, almost angelic sounding voice. And so I've been a fan ever since. And I've really gone back into her back catalog and fell in love with it. But this record that she put out this year uh, is definitely her best album that she's put out to date. Uh, really expansive sounding. And my favorite track is the song we're going to play, Here I Am Existing, which is the second single. And she said the song is about blissful and harmonious nature and existing with the natural world around you and how you can feel at one with it. Ooh. And you can definitely hear that in the music. I always like how when an artist has a description of a song and yeah, that comes out in the lyrics, but then when you actually listen to the instrumentation and the sonics of the song, you can actually feel what they're describing. That's always the coolest. And you could definitely feel that in this song. Do you think you would have gotten that out of this song if there wasn't a description? Or do you think the description primed you for it? The description, yeah, I mean, it primed me for it because I feel like that's kind of hard to figure out. Now, Now you just primed everyone else for it. Yeah. And another added bonus is this album was released on Bar None Records based in Hoboken, New Jersey, run by my friend Glenn Morrow. Nice. So great label, great artist, Winter. And I also interviewed her this year on Look At My Records, episode 128. Wow. All of the boxes are checked. Every single box. She's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So let's let's play these songs and these records. We've got Marion by Empty Country off of their self-titled record, That is Zach's number two album of the year. And we're going to hear Here I Am Existing by Winter off of Endless Space Between You and I. That's my number two. Let's play him. Thank you. 
number one. Wow, we're already it's time at, for number one. Already at number one, like yeah, damn. Our number one albums of this weird year. The weird, weird year, but a lot of artists kept us grounded and entertained and sane with their great releases. So thanks to everyone who put out music this year. Big thanks to all these musicians making music this year and the musicians that made music in the past that kept us sane that we just listened to this year. Exactly. Anyone that's ever made music. Mozart, you're included. Beethoven to SoundCloud rappers. 14th century lute players. The whole spectrum. (laughs) Those lute dudes from the 14th century. The whole spectrum. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for thank thank you. you for doing what you do. So we're down to number one. Tell us what was your favorite album of the year. So as will come as no surprise to anyone who's ever listened to one of these in a previous year, my number one album of the year is by Proto Martyr. Love this band. Quite possibly my favorite band that's working right now. They came out with an album called Ultimate Success Today this year. Another very raw, visceral release from Proto Martyr. More of the same, but also I fucking love the same. Also, they added a saxophone. Guess you gotta mix it up a little bit. But um, this song is called Worm in Heaven. It is the closer on the album. And... Um, it's just a fantastic track with a, a big, like, raw ending. It, it's, it's fucking great. Favorite album of the year, Proto Martyr, Ultimate Success Today. They rule. I love them. Can't wait to see them live again. Yeah, they put on such a good show. My favorite record of the year is by a Los Angeles band called Smoke Screens. The record is called A Strange Dream. And again... This is the type of music that I love. Jangly guitars. It sounds like something that Flying Nun, the New Zealand label, would have released in the mid-1980s. It sounds like something that would get heavy airplay on college radio in the 1980s. Great clean vocals. Just exactly what I love about the way guitars sound and <laughs> and music nice. in general. This is my shit, and it's just my favorite type of music and my favorite sounds. So I'm just naturally drawn to a record like A Strange Dream. And the songwriting is great. Tons of hooks. Can't go wrong. Love those hooks. And we're going to play Fork in the Road by Smoke Screens. Damn. Wow. That wraps it. Wow. And another year, another top 10 albums of the year podcast episode with Zach Romano. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks, everyone. Is, what, what is this year? Is this the fourth year we've done this? Fifth? Yeah, right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Fourth year. Yeah, it's crazy. Insane absolutely insane and we'll do it again next year Goddamn right we will maybe there'll be some other added features for next year's too because hey it's evolving look at my records is not the same as it was this time last year no it's it's totally different there's a written component yeah and also yeah like you had a really good year with this so props to you dude so did you you're part of it like that piebald song <laughs> thanks hey 
Zach's part of it. Hey, you remember that song? Yeah. Thanks. That's, I remember. <laughs> I remember. That that warms my heart that you sang that with my name in it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I heard that song. It was, and I went to high school for a year on when I still lived on Staten Island, and there was a student TV station, and they would broadcast shit in the morning, <laughs> and they made some video. They made some video, and that was the sound, tr- the the song played in the video, and I was like, "This is a great song. I'm part of it." Yeah, and, and from, I had to figure out who it was. On, you were was part, you of were part of it, and and that song yeah. was part of you as well. Yeah, I'll never forget that song. <laughs> Well, thanks for for joining us for another nearly top 10. Hope you enjoyed these albums as much as we did. If you didn't, fuck you. Yeah, if you didn't, fuck off. Yeah, if you think this is bad music, (laughs) what are you even doing here? Fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. We love you all. Here it is, Worm in Heaven by Proto Martyr. That is Zach's favorite record of the year, Ultimate Success Today. And my favorite record of the year is A Strange Dream by Smokescreens. We're going to hear the song Fork in the Road to send you all off into 2021. To a better year. Be safe out there. It's New Year's Eve. Cheers at midnight. Kissed your loved ones or whatever you do at midnight. But be safe. I'm a living
never be the simple kind 